Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the one, the only Sean Sports Stop podcast, where your boy talks about the biggest news in sports. And boy, is there a lot to talk about. Since the last episode I've done, the MLB and MLBPA have agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement, meaning the lockout is over. MLB baseball is back on April 7th. As a result of that, Free agency has commenced and it has been absolutely off the hook. That combined with NFL free agency, the NBA season, the NHL season, March Madness starts tomorrow. Uh, I mean, it is currently 11 p.m. here in beautiful Los Angeles, California on Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. So there is a shit ton to talk about. I'm not going to lie. It's very baseball oriented today. So let's just get right into it. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers reportedly agreed to a contract with five-time All-Star Andrew McCutcheon as Major League Baseball's condensed offseason continues per Jeff Passan of ESPN. This comes after Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reported the National League Central team is in talks with the free agent outfielder. While McCutcheon played for the Philadelphia Phillies the last three years, he is familiar with the division from his nine seasons with the Pittsburgh Pirates. McCutcheon's impressive 2013 uh, excuse me, his impressive resume includes the 2013 National League MVP award, a gold glove, four silver slugger, four silver slugger awards, and five all-star appearances. So he has had a borderline Hall of Fame career, I would say. He has been in the league since 2009 and was one of the best players in baseball during his prime. In fact, he finished in the top five of National League MVP voting in four straight seasons from 2012 through 2015 when he was the face of the Pittsburgh Pirates. A bit of a drop-off since then, but nonetheless, a valuable acquisition for the Milwaukee Brewers, in my opinion. He won't consistently hit 300 while while threatening for 30 home runs and playing gold glove defense anymore, but he can still be a productive veteran leader for a Brewers ball club, in my opinion. He hit 222 with 27 home runs and 80 RBIs in 144 games for the Phillies last season. The 27 homers were his highest since 2017 when he was on the Pirates. So a pretty good pickup for the Brewers, in my opinion. Switching gears to football, there is some football on this episode. As I said, NFL free agency is nuts as well. Charverius Ward is reportedly headed from one Super Bowl 54 team to the other. ESPN's Adam Schefter reported the former Kansas City Chiefs cornerback and the San Francisco 49ers have agreed to a three-year deal worth up to $42 million and $26.7 million in guaranteed money. He took to social media to react to the news. Uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported earlier this month the 49ers were one of the teams potentially interested in Ward as they look after their secondary heading into the 2022 season in an effort to compete with the reigning Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams in the NFC West. The Niners are very familiar with Ward for his work during the 2019 campaign when he helped lead the Chiefs to the Lombardi Trophy. While he, was, while he was an undrafted free agent out of Middle Tennessee State, Ward was a key part of Kansas City's championship run. He started all 16 games that year and finished the season with 74 tackles, 10 passes defended, 2 interceptions, and a forced fumble before posting 4 tackles in the Super Bowl that they won over the Niners. So a huge, huge pickup for the 49ers defense, and we have some more football to talk about. Some surprising moves. I mean, Jarvis Landry cut by the Browns. Julio Jones cut by the Titans. Johnny Hecker, who is a punter, uh, but him cut by the Rams. Johnny Hecker, a lot of people don't realize, was the Rams' best player at one point. That's how dark things were. I mean, multiple-time pro bowler. But 
talking about Jarvis Landry, um, he reportedly is already drawing interest from potential suitors in free agency after his release on Monday. Adam Schefter reported the aforementioned Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints have shown the most interest in Landry so far. He spent the last four years in Cleveland. He was set to make $16 million in 2022, and the team decided to part ways with him in a cost-cutting move. The Browns had acquired wide receiver Amari Cooper and his $20 million salary from the Dallas Cowboys. An eight-year veteran, Landry has been selected to the Pro Bowl five times. I mean, so that's how I would say different the NFL is from other sports, where you have guys who are essentially five-time All-Stars being cut to save costs. I mean, that's not something that you really see in baseball, basketball, hockey. It's just, uh, it makes football unique, or the NFL unique in that sense. A knee sprain limited him to only 12 games in 2021, but he still led Cleveland with 52 receptions. He finished with career lows of 570 receiving yards and only two touchdowns. When he's fully healthy, Jarvis Landry, I believe, can be a team's number one wide receiver. His veteran presence would also be a welcome addition to pretty much any locker room. I mean, he's not a team cancer by any means. The Chiefs already have one of the best receiving corps led, led by wideout Tyree Kill and tight end Travis Kelsey, but... Adding Jarvis Landry to that offense would be absolutely lethal, and in my opinion, yet another weapon for quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I think he is much more needed by a team like the New Orleans Saints, who have, at, at the moment, a quarterback in Taysom Hill, perhaps Baker Mayfield in the future. More on him later. Uh, but first... We got some more football to talk about. The Green Bay Packers and quarterback Aaron Rodgers officially put pen to paper on a new contract the team announced on Tuesday. NFL Network reported the deal was done, so it's for $28 million, or it's going to account for $28 million against the salary cap in 2022. It'll be $150.6 million guaranteed in a deal that will pay $74.5 million in the first new year and $62 million in the second. That is absolutely unreal. I mean, he's getting $42 million in 2022, $59 million in 2023, and $49 million in 2024. That is ridiculous money. It was initially reported by NFL Network on March 8th that Rodgers' new deal was for $200 million over four years and includes $153 million guaranteed. The veteran announced that a new contract had not yet been signed. The 38-year-old's contract could potentially make him the highest-paid player in the NFL, surpassing Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes, uh, who makes $45 million a year. Despite a tumultuous 2021 season that included controversy regarding his vaccination status, Rodgers won his second consecutive MVP award, which is an incredibly hard feat to accomplish in the NFL or in any uh, sport, really after throwing for 4,115 yards and 37 touchdowns in 16 starts. Um, so the Packers get their man. Aaron Rodgers is back. Uh, looks like he was just looking for attention and kind of controversy the whole time. Perhaps he did have some desire or some intentions to try to leave the Packers. But ultimately, you know, there were so many rumors, Broncos, whatever it was, Seahawks, even Rams at one point, a lot of different teams, a lot of different possibilities for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the Titans were thrown around, but ultimately he will stay with the Green Bay Packers and we're switching gears back to baseball. Matt Olson is going to be with the Atlanta Braves for the foreseeable future. What does that mean for Freddie Freeman? More on that later. The first baseman who was recently traded to the to the team from the Oakland Athletics signed an 8-year deal worth 168 million dollars. 
on Tuesday. He's 27 years old. He was excellent in 2021, hitting 271 with 39 home runs, 111 RBIs, 101 runs scored, and a 911 OPS, one of the best offensive players in baseball. It was his second season with 30 or more home runs and his fourth season with at least 20. The two-time Gold Glove winner and one-time All-Star has a tough task ahead of him, though, replacing Freddie Freeman as he was an absolute superstar. Um, so, yeah. Matt Olson is a brave. He said, Freddie is obviously an amazing player. It's just not going to affect what I'm going to come here and do. I'm here to be Matt Olson. And that's the perfect, uh, that's the best attitude you can have. Trying to replicate Freddie's career so far. I mean, five-time All-Star, one-time National League MVP, one-time champion, and one-time Gold Glove winner would be hard for literally anybody to do. So I'm looking forward to seeing Matt Olson with the Braves and more on specifically why later. First, more football. This is very unfortunate as a Rams fan, but it was kind of expected. Los Angeles Rams offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth announces retirement on Tuesday. Quote, my chapter may have closed on the field, but my story is unfinished. Can't wait for the next one. Whitworth, Whitworth wrote on Instagram. Thank you to everyone who has been part of my journey. He's 40 years old now. He has spent 16 seasons in the, in the NFL, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro instance with the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams. Again, it's not a surprise that he retired as after he played longer than expected. After the Rams lost to the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 53 in 2018, Whitworth said he would, quote, let the offseason play out and kind of see what's best for the franchise, what's best for me, and we'll kind of see what happens. He ended up playing three more years, so Andrew Whitworth is an absolute dog. Uh, while he reportedly told the Rams two days later that he would return, the fact that retirement was considered cons was a real consideration in 2019 shows, again, how much of a dog he is. What a career it was for Big Wit, uh, an even better person off the field than he was a player on the field. And um, I mean, I'm wishing him the absolute best in whatever he pursues next. With that said, we're transitioning to more baseball, more vaccine controversy in sports, specifically in the state of New York. The same vaccine mandate for New York City private sector employees, employers, excuse me, that has made Kyrie Irving ineligible for Brooklyn Nets games, home games, that will also apply to unvaccinated New York Yankees and Mets players during the upcoming season, per the New York Daily News. Per that report, a city spokesperson cautioned that mandates could shift with the state of the pandemic, but said that the city would not be carving out individual exceptions. The fact that the baseball teams play outside has no bearing on the mandate. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I've been very outspoken about COVID and my opinions on that whole matter. But yeah, the Yankees were already facing the prospect of their unvaccinated players being unable to play in Canada, specifically Toronto, given their border restrictions for unvaccinated travelers. On Sunday, Yankees manager Aaron Boone told reporters his team still has, quote, a few guys at least who are unvaccinated. It'll be interesting to say the least how that situation unfolds. I think we still have a few guys at least that, are, that aren't vaccinated. So we'll be monitoring that situation closely and see how that plays out. But yeah, it's a concern. Between home games and road games in Toronto, along with the two road games against the Mets in New York City, unvaccinated Yankees players would miss 92 games this year unless the NYC and Canadian mandates get lifted. So let's do a quick calculation. Uh, let's just assume that 162 games would be played this year, even though it'll be a little less. We shall do 92 divided by 162. That is 56.7% of games. That is absolutely massive. I mean, there are heavy, very strong rumors that Aaron Judge is one of the 
aforementioned unvaccinated Yankees players. Who knows who else it could be in addition. Mets players would miss 83 games. Quote, we have to worry about the health of almost 9 million people, the city spokesperson told the New York Daily News. No one is trying to hurt Kyrie Irving or a Yankees player. Oh, man. I mean, I just, this shit is just ridiculous to me. But I've made my my stance very clear in the past, so I'm going to refrain from going off. Um, star outfielder Aaron Judge might be one of the Yankees impacted by the mandates. He denied to comment on his vaccination status when he was asked about it on Tuesday. So having Judge for only 70 games this season would be an enormous blow for a Yankees team. But at the same time, it's not like they're not used to it. This guy is injured pretty much every single season. He's always missing time. So this wouldn't really be anything new. But we're switching gears back to football. Daniel, uh, More New York teams. Daniel Jones is still the starting quarterback for the New York Giants. But he will reportedly have an experienced and pretty notable and capable backup behind him during the 2022 season. On Tuesday, NFL Network reported the NFC East team is expected to sign Tyrod Taylor as a high-level backup for Daniel Jones. The deal is expected to be for two years and $11 million with incentives that can make it worth up to $17 million. This has been an offseason of transition for the Giants, who hired head coach Brian Dable and general manager Joe Schoen from the Buffalo Bills. Star running back Saquon Barkley has also been in- included in trade discussions, and it wouldn't be a surprise if the roster is dramatically different in the next few years than it was in the previous few the evaluation of daniel jones will surely be a part of of uh, that whole process as well he was the number six pick in the 2019 nfl draft and threw for 3027 yards and 24 touchdowns with 12 interceptions however he had only 11 touchdowns and uh he had 11 touchdowns to 10 picks in his second year and 10 touchdown throws to seven interceptions in his third season so just not terrible but not good enough either so tyrod taylor to the giants more on the yankees anthony rizzo is reportedly heading back to the yankees the veteran first baseman announced or agreed to a new deal with the bronx bombers on tuesday it's for two years for 30 to 35 million rumors about rizzo began even amid the league initiated lockout when bruce levine of 670 the score reported in february that the chicago cubs had internal conversations about bringing back the franchise icon that was especially notable since the cubs traded rizzo chris bryant and javier Baez prior to the trade deadline during the 2021 season all three were fan favorites who cemented their legacies with the cubs by helping bring their first world series championship in 108 years ending the drought ending the curse of the billy goat in 2016 alas rizzo decided not to return to the cubs and decided to stay with the team that they traded him to the the new york yankees at his best the power hitting first baseman is one of the most productive players in the league he's a three-time all-star four-time gold glove winner who was a silver slugger on his resume and finished in the top 20 and in mvp voting five straight years from 2014 through 2018 he was not quite at that level in 2021 but he was still solid with a 248 batting average to go along with 22 home runs and 61 rbis in 141 games for the cubs and yankees so not uh, not the same level, but still decently valuable for the Yankees, uh, who also traded for Josh Donaldson in recent days, giving up Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez. So, I mean, Josh Josh Donaldson and Anthony Rizzo in 2022. If the year was 2016, I bet a lot of Yankee fans would be a lot happier. Another former Cub veteran left fielder Kyle Schwarber is reportedly heading to the Philadelphia Phillies. 
He is making just under $20 million annually. The news comes after Schwarber, who spent the second half of the 2021 season with the Boston Red Sox, declined his part of an $11.5 million mutual option for 2022. He joined the Red Sox in a midseason trade with the Washington Nationals, previously on the Chicago Cubs before that. His stock went way up after a very impressive 2021 season, in which he had a career-best 266 with 32 home runs and 71 RBIs. It was a bounce-back year after he, after he hit only 188 with 11 home runs and 24 RBIs during the shortened COVID-19 season in 2020. He had been linked to the Phillies since early December. Adding adding him gives Phillies gives the Phillies more outfield stability. The Phillies can play Bryce Harper in right and Matt Veerling and Odubel Herrera in center. And since Andrew McCutcheon, as mentioned in the beginning of this podcast episode, left to the Milwaukee Brewers, this will help uh, kind of fix that and on top of that with the addition of the universal dh so the dh being added to the national league schwarber can play that position as well more on the cubs three straight stories involving the chicago cubs in one way or the other first anthony rizzo then kyle schwarber and now seya suzuki has agreed to join the chicago cubs he has found his new home in major league baseball ken rosenthal of the athletic reported the contract is 85 million over five years um espn's jeff passan pointed out that, that that's that's the largest contract for a japanese position player coming to the mlb and the second largest ever behind masahiro tanaka's 155 million dollar yankees deal uh david kaplan of nbc sports chicago originally reported that suzuki agreed to a five-year deal worth 70 million with the cubs earlier in the offseason mlb network reported suzuki was going to be posted for all 30 teams on november 22nd with a signing deadline for december 22nd the lockout which began at 11 59 p.m eastern on december 1st interrupted the process of course um mlb and nippon professional baseball agreed to freeze suzuki's posting window at that point he has been one of the best players in the mpb since making his debut in 2013 the 27-year-old has a 315 batting average with 182 home runs and 82 stolen bases in 902 career NPB games with the Hiroshima Toyo Carp. He was named to the NPB All-Star team five times in the past six seasons. While looking at what the MLB has to offer, Suzuki spoke to Andrew Baggerly of The Athletic about the challenge of playing the best baseball players in the world, saying, quote, I was fascinated with how many better players there are in the States. That motivated me to play harder and get better so I could play with them someday. And here he is. Let's see if he will live up to the hype like Shohei Otani did. Uh, so Seiya Suzuki goes to the Cubs. That is big. With that, we are switching gears to more baseball. I would absolutely hate to be an Oakland A's fan. First, they trade Matt Olson to the Braves. Now they trade Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays. What a move for the Blue Jays who are looking... I mean, I'm not going to lie. They're looking scary. They just barely missed out on the playoffs last season. Uh, despite having MVP caliber seasons for Marcus Simeon and Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And now they add Matt Chapman to that team. That is nuts. The A's are getting a bunch of prospects for Chapman in the form of pitchers Gunnar Hogland, Zach Logue, and Kirby Sneed, as well as shortstop Kevin Smith. Per MLB.com, Hoagland is the Jays' number four prospect. Smith is number nine. Logue is number 27. And Snead is not inside the top 30. But that is still a bunch of prospects for the A's. The 28-year-old Chapman is a one-time All-Star and is widely considered to be the best, one of the best defensive players in baseball, having won three gold gloves, two platinum gloves, and one Wilson overall defensive player of the year award. Trading Chapman is, again, 
the latest in a string of big moves the A's have made this offseason in an apparent attempt for some reason to rebuild. Not really sure why. Last week, they traded starting pitcher Chris Bassett to the New York Mets for a pair of pitching prospects. They followed that two days later by trading Matt Olson to the Braves and now Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays. He spent each of his five seasons in the MLB with the with the Oakland A's. And during that time, he hit 243 with 11 home, 111 home runs and 296 RBI. So a huge addition, mostly on the defensive side of the ball for the Toronto Blue Jays. With that, we are switching gears to more baseball. San Diego Padres superstar Fernando Tatis Jr. is undergoing surgery on his wrist on Wednesday. According to the Athletic Padres general manager, A.J. Preller announced Monday that Tatis had fractured his wrist in the offseason and would require surgery. There have been rumors that he fractured his wrist in some kind of motorcycle accident. That is inexcusable for a guy that makes as much money as he does. And uh, that's just absolutely inexcusable. Uh, that's just not a good thing at all. MLB Network reported that getting injured while riding a motorcycle might allow for the Padres to void his $340 million contract, but that's unlikely to be pursued. I mean, that would just kind of, I think, sour the relationship. And Tatis is young. I'm sure the risk can heal. It's a 14-year contract. I don't think they'd sever the relationship because of something like that. That's just my personal take. I mean, the process of voiding a $340 million contract would be legally complicated, even in the clearest of circumstances. The lack of kind of uh, concrete documentation from December makes it even murkier. And in the end, the Padres value Tatis, so pursuing that path like just doesn't really make sense. Padres manager Bob Melvin told reporters he thinks Tatis will refrain from getting a, on a motorcycle in the foreseeable future, saying, quote, he's 22 years old. You have some fun. I don't think anything was intentional here, but I think you learned from experiences, and I think this is one to learn from. I think that is a perfect statement, a perfect view from Bob Melvin. I 100% agree with him. That is exactly how, uh, how I look at it. Principal owner Pete Seidler also attempted to downplay the situation, saying, quote, people get injured and he'll be back when his medical is clear, but it's part of sports. And the most important thing to me is I believe in this young man. And I think once he's medically cleared, he's going to have another great, great year and career with us. So clearly they are willing to kind of brush this aside and ride with Tatis. And honestly, I don't blame them. I would do the same. Speaking of riding with people. The Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield's time with the Browns might be winding down. Appearing on NFL Live on Wednesday, ESPN's Chris Mortensen made it clear that the Browns are looking to move on from Baker Mayfield in search of a, quote, adult quarterback. Mortensen also added that Jimmy Garoppolo could possibly be a replacement for Cleveland if they trade the 2018 number one overall pick. Uh, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini, Mayfield will still consider new other options, even if the Browns can't acquire Deshaun Watson in a trade offer. Cleveland, Bra Cleveland Brass met with the Houston Texans quarterback on Tuesday. Uh, per Cleveland.com, Browns management met with Watson in Houston as part of the vetting process and in an attempt to convince him to waive his no-trade clause for the team. Uh, it's kind of weird to me how openly the Browns are about wanting to move on from Baker Mayfield and how... And how open they are about who they want, you know, specifically Deshaun Watson or Jimmy Garoppolo. That to me is very strange. As Colin Coward said on the Herd, great show, by the way. Shout out to Colin Coward. Uh, these reports would not be out there if the Cleveland Browns did want did not want them out there. So, uh, and the way that Baker Mayfield is handling the situation is very admirable as well. Uh, Mayfield basically said, you know, I poured my city or I poured my heart out for this city. I gave my all. Uh, it just. 
it's just an unfortunate situation um even before the browns got in the mix for, the, for deshaun watson there were questions about how committed the cleveland browns were to baker mayfield cleveland elected not to give him a long-term extension uh when he was eligible to sign one last offseason though he did pick up his fifth year option on his rookie deal for 2022 he appeared in 60 games for the Browns in over four seasons. He has a 29-30 record in 59 starts, including an 11-5 mark in 2020, which helped the Browns finally make the playoffs, which is which is why he is so beloved in, in Cleveland. Transitioning to more baseball. After finishing his 2021 season with the San Francisco Giants, Chris Bryant, the last Chicago Cub that will be talked about on this podcast episode, is heading to the Colorado Rockies. That's right. The team that had Nolan Arenado at the time and probably still the best third baseman in baseball. The team that had Nolan Arenado, the best third baseman in baseball, and traded him alongside $50 million to the St. Louis Cardinals. That team just gave Chris Bryant $182 million over seven years. I mean, you really can't make this shit up. It, it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, that's great for Chris Bryant. Congrats to him. He's getting paid. He's going to inflate his numbers at Coors Field and probably make the Hall of Fame and probably not win a, a playoff series for the rest of his career. So congrats to him on getting paid. But what a dumb move for the Colorado Rockies. I mean, as the Giants and LA Dodgers were in the midst of their battle atop the National League West last season, both teams made blockbuster moves before the July 30th trade deadline. The Dodgers struck first by acquiring Trey Turner and Max Scherzer from the Washington Nationals, while the Giants responded by sending prospects to the Cubs in exchange for Chris Bryant. The 2016 National League MVP played well with his new team, posting a 262 batting average and seven home runs in 187 at-bats. His entire 2021 season was a nice return to form after a down 2020 as he had 265 with 25 homers, 73 RBIs, and telling stolen bases in 144 games combined between the Cubs and Giants. Even though he's not at the kind of peak that he was at in 2016 and 2017, Brian has been a consistently above average offensive player over the past four seasons. The four-time All-Star is a 122 OPS plus in 427 games during that span. So a huge move for chris bryant speaking of huge moves what a huge move this was i mean this this uh really was a gigantic move von miller is going to the buffalo bills on a deal that's 120 million over six years that is absolutely nuts to give von miller uh 120 million is not that crazy but six years for a 33 year old von miller that has an injury history i mean it's huge for the huge for the bills absolutely huge and they're obviously in win now mode and i don't blame them uh as a rams fan you know i can't lecture teams or other fan bases about being in win now mode when we literally traded all the draft picks we will ever have for matthew stafford and this same von miller and some other players as well but i mean just six years 120 million for von miller is absolutely nuts and switching gears to the last story of this podcast episode Freddie Freeman will reportedly chase another championship on a different team after helping the Atlanta Braves to the 2021 World Series. The first baseman and the Los Angeles Dodgers have agreed to terms on a six-year deal worth $162 million, according to Jeff Passan of ESPN. 
I mean, let me put it this way. 162 million over six years for a 32-year-old Freddie Freeman is not the same as 160 million over six years for Von Miller. And it's not the same as Chris Bryant for whatever 170 million and seven years that he got. Freddie Freeman is a Dodger. I can't believe it. I mean, this team is absolutely nuts. A potential lineup of Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, AJ Pollock, Will Smith. That team, Gavin Lux coming off the bench. That team is absolutely nuts. This might be the greatest lineup in MLB history. It is absolutely insane. Still, Bob Nightingale of USA Today reported that the 32-year-old had rejected the team's five-year $135 million offer and was looking for something resembling a six-year $200 million deal. He didn't get that much money from the Dodgers, but he preferred to come home. He, he reportedly rejected more money from other teams. Uh, the industry view has shifted. There is a growing belief that Freeman will land somewhere outside of Atlanta because of the standoff in negotiations. This was in February. Um, again, his resume is insane. World Series title, 2020 National League MVP, five-time All-Star, three, three Silver Sluggers, and a Gold Glove Award. He finished in the top 10 of NL MVP voting in six different seasons he is absolutely nuts and he's now on the dodgers freddie freeman is a los angeles dodger i can't believe it ladies and gentlemen if you enjoyed this show please leave a five star review freddie freeman is a dodger freddie freeman is a dodger uh follow, follow me on instagram do all that lenny's picks on instagram for the best sports picks in the world and i'll see you guys on the next podcast episode i'm out